everyone. Welcome to another edition of E-Commerce Titans. My name is Jesse Stock and I'm your host. E-Commerce Titans is brought to you by 3PL Zen. 3PL Zen is the premier 3PL for e-commerce fulfillment. They'll store, prep, and ship your goods to your customers, giving you time to focus on building your business. Whether you sell on Shopify, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, or Amazon, or any other platform, give them a call. They guarantee the best customer service in the industry. Today, we are joined by McLean Warren. McLean is the content manager at Movly. Movly is an incredible company. They offer on-the-ground inspections overseas. McLean, welcome. Thanks for having me. I feel welcome so far. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about Movly and your role. Um, Mavly officially went public, uh, I think two years ago. So we're fairly new. Um, Sajag Argwal is the CEO and founder. Um, he's amazing. He actually has a really interesting story regarding his experience with, um, selling on Amazon and starting the company. Um, but just to give a quick view of what Mavly does, it's the U S based, full quality inspection team that essentially um, offers a lot more in terms of management and handholding and advice than a typical inspection would. So um, we pride ourselves on um, providing that kind of provide that kind of service for people, especially those that aren't really familiar with the inspection process. And so um, that's kind of something we hold dear to our Hearts and company. Nice. Yeah. And it's it's really hard to find a quality inspections company. Anybody that's done it is, I mean, they're familiar. Um, so what what are, let's just start with the basics. What are on-the-ground inspections? Um, essentially on-the-ground inspections just means that you have a third-party inspection team that is there in China or wherever you are um wherever you are manufacturing from. Right now, we actually only manufacture, uh, we only do inspections in China, but that is gonna um, change soon. So essentially for ground inspections, um, we bring the inspections team to the factory or manufacturer. And um, depending on whether you want a mid-production uh, mid inspection or a pre-shipment inspection, Either way, um, we have a team that's there to oversee the whole production and kind of police what's happening in the factories. Nice. So I'm sure most of our sellers are familiar with order defects. Um, what happens if Amazon or Walmart or any other marketplace decides your order defect rate is too high and how do they calculate it? Um, so there's two parts to that. So essentially companies, e-commerce companies specifically like Amazon and Walmart, they hold a very high standard with their sellers because obviously they want to provide a great experience for the, their customers. That's all they really care about, right? right. So um, they have um, an order defect rating that is usually between one to 2%. So that means that any products coming from you as a seller, they want it to be in between that percentage in terms of the sample size, what percentage of that sample size has uh, defects. 
Right. So there, and that's, that's pretty strict one to 2%. It is. Um, but that also shouldn't be compared to, well, I'll, I'll do kind of a two tiered thing with that, um, with that principle. So on one hand, um, it's not to be confused with the return rate, defective return rate um, on Amazon. So most Amazon sellers are familiar with the fact that if their return rates are too high, um, they will get suspended. And um, that is based on how much money is um, is charged back to the cards along with one to two star reviews. So what you're looking at is like, for example, the typical um, return rate should be about 10%. Of course that changes. If for example, you sell clothing, you know, people, clothing is hard to judge based on a catalog, right? So right. a lot of that, that return rate is usually around 40%. Electronics is about 30%. Um, but when you get into stuff like camping gear or sports and outdoor stuff, they usually keep it at an eight to 10%. So what you as a seller want to do is really try to make sure that you don't have a high return rate. And one of the best ways to do that is to not provide defective um, products because that's usually why people return them. Right. And Amazon's really mostly focused on their customers and less so on the sellers. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to be known as sending out a bunch of, I guess I can't cuss on here, but you know, I mean, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, I said, they're looking out for their customers. So um, you as a seller have to be really diligent and making sure that you are producing top quality products for your buyers. Right. Um, and and I think every online seller is really focused on reviews and you guys, I'm sure deal with that quite a bit. So the significance of positive reviews and inspections, what, you know, how, how do those things kind of come together? So it's funny because when, you know, I used to work on the other side of things with Amazon where I was helping sellers like start their listings and um, do product research and stuff like that. So um, I think people get really into that aspect of selling online, which is fun. You know, you like to build your products and, uh, you know, do the marketing and, you know, like learn all about that stuff. That's a really exciting phase for you sure. because that's your baby, right? And you want to like really put your all into it. Um, but a lot of people underestimate or undermine the importance of inspections. And it really becomes a domino effect because if you're putting out products that have a high defect rate or even like a marginal defect rate, you know, you're still taking the chance of putting those defective products in the hands of customers. And to double down on that in this day and age where, you know, backlog is such an issue with orders and managing your inventory is such an issue, especially with FBA, to realize maybe 60 days after your first shipment has been sent to, let's say, FBA and it's gone out to the customers, then all of a sudden you're realizing, oh, there's, you know, like all these products that are not fulfilling the customer's expectations. So then you have to deal with the repercussions of that, like returns 
and um, it can just be a whole backlog for you to try to amend the situation you've created just because you decided to go cheap on an inspection or you didn't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's too late. It sounds like once you've started shipping those orders and they're defective and you find out about it later, it just sounds like a crazy crisis you're going to have to right. deal with as a seller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, to get, and to get back to your point about ratings, Statistics show that on Amazon, if someone's satisfied with your product, there's a one to 2% chance that they will leave a good review, or at least one to 2% of the population that is happy with your product will leave a review. Um, on the other hand, if people aren't happy with your product, there's 66% chance that they will leave a review. So then it goes into, is that the kind of risk you're willing to take? Because it really does go back to, are you producing a very valuable, reliable, high quality product? And are there, is there anything about that product that is getting past inspections that is making it so the customers are not having an ideal experience with them? Right. So um, how, how can inspections save money for an online seller? Um, I mean, it, it circles back to kind of a lot of what I broached before, but the thing is that a lot of people do cut corners when it comes to inspections. For example, they may decide to let their manufacturer deal with the inspection process without bringing in a third party or even have their freight forwarder do it, which is a really bad idea um, because it's cost effective, right? And it doesn't take as much time. But the problem in doing so is that you pay for what you get is essentially what it comes down to. Sure. So um, while on the front end, it may feel like you're spending a lot of time and money on inspections, you're actually saving quite a lot of um, money and hurt and even your reputation as a company in the long run because Again, you know, people, people, when they launch their products on Amazon, they're all worried about reviews and, you know, getting those five stars. And if you are spending all this money on launching programs and stuff, but you're not even concerned about the quality of products you're putting out, then it becomes null and void. And you end up spending a lot more money replacing the items, dealing with returns, um, more shipments. It just becomes, like I said, a um, domino effect. Plus, what a lot of people don't take into consideration is that when buyers or aggregators look at the value of your company, they look at three things. They're looking at your assets, your profits, and your, um, your audience, essentially, your marketing audience. So if they're looking at your assets, which is your Amazon store, and they're seeing a lot of people complaining about defects and they're looking at your profits and it's not showing the kind of profits you should be making because of all these returns, then it really does um, lower the valuation of your company. Right. And those are, and, and this is really significant for people that are looking to scale and then sell their, their company later. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in this day and age when it's so, it's such a big thing these days with people selling their online companies to um, buyers and aggregators and stuff. Right. Um, so some inspections are more involved than others, I'm, I'm assuming. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the different inspection levels, different types? Yeah, I mean, that's, 
a little bit of a loaded question because I can talk about this for like three hours. Sure. Um, but <laughs> essentially, we start with what we call your risk tolerance or your risk threshold, which means how willing are you to gamble on the chance of products getting by inspections and possibly having a high defect rate? Some people are more risk takers than others. And those decisions can be based on something as simple as what kind of product am I producing? If you are producing socks, for example, then you may not need all the tests um, required for say electronics or a health monitoring device or a baby product where there's more likelihood of you being legally responsible if something bad happens. So um, there's so there's two parts to this. There's what kind of inspections you want. So every inspection you're gonna have a pre-shipment inspection, which means that about around 80% of the finalized product, that's when the inspector comes in and makes sure that um, all the tests are performed and that they meet the standard. So that can be a visual test, which is just looking at the package or making sure everything looks good. Um, it could be a wear and tear test. It can be a safety test. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but a crate drop test is really important, which essentially means that you're literally taking the crates that they're packaged in and throwing them down to make sure they can sustain any kind of um, weight bearing or any kind of bumpage during transit. Because, it sounds like it would be a really fun job, actually. Right? I know. <laughs> it would be, I mean, if I went to release stress, that would definitely be up there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so you have that kind of inspection, right? And those are usually good for things like I said, socks, right? But if you have a low risk threshold and you want to be really conservative with stuff, you might just do a mid-production inspection, which means you'll actually have your inspection team go in during the production process and they will look at it at say like 5% of production and then 20% of production and then 50% of production. And they're really there again to police the manufacturers because the manufacturers are going to do those tests anyway, but they're looking out for themselves. Like right. their only goal is to push products and you know get as much money from you as possible. Whereas the inspector, if you have a third party inspector, they're really, they have your back, they're your eyes. And um, even though mid-production inspections are more costly and time-consuming, if you sell something like the aforementioned ones like electronics or you know baby gear, it's probably worth your while to ensure that nothing you know bad happens down the road. So, it, I mean, the people that are doing that that testing and those inspections must be. They, I mean, how do you train someone to become qualified like that, and then how do you place them at a factory? Um, so a lot of inspection companies do it in different ways. For Mavli, we only hire people. First of all, we make sure that the inspectors we have on our team are qualified for your type of product and that they have years of training in it. Um, so and it's also contingent on things like the location of the factory and for example, we swipe, um, I don't know if swipe's the right word, but we circulate 
inspectors because uh-huh. there is a lot of problems with bribery in factories. So we don't like um, inspectors to get too familiar with the manufacturers and maybe take bribery or maybe become lackadaisical or, sure. you know, whatever. Um, so there are a lot of elements that go into choosing who your inspectors are. Um, yeah, I think gotcha. that answer. Okay. And um, just to, to, you know, kind of, kind of bring it all together. Um, what is the one piece of advice you would give to somebody who wants to introduce a product into the market? Um, are you asking me from an inspection point of view or just in general? <laughs> you know what? Let, in general, take <laughs> in general. Like let's let's let, let's uh, let's end with uh, a, a very kind of general question. Okay, that's fair. Um, my advice would be to not use. I mean, it works for a lot of people and I'm not knocking it. So a lot of people will use um, software tools specific to Amazon to try to figure out like what niches are available, what are the keywords people are looking for, you know, all of these elements just so that they can then decide on a product that they think will sell. The problem with that is twofold. Um, one, by the time you get that product into production and online, there's probably another 50 people that are doing the same exact thing because they're paying attention to the exact same software programs you are, because those programs are feeding everyone the exact same information. So not only are you pretty much probably doing a me too product, but, um, it may not even be popular by the, you know, like if people are searching for, I don't know, I don't know. What's, what's something popular these days? I'm not, I'm not hip with it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I was, when, when products like specific things were popular, I mean, I don't know. I like kids were using Tamagotchis and that was a Right, right, exactly. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Let's say, let's, let's, let's just, I mean, you know, let's say, uh, um, a, 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 a hard, you know, a hard drive, like a, a, a portable hard drive. Okay. So we're going into our time machine and going back in time. Right. Um, <laughs> um, so let's say you find that um, the search volume for that is really, really high. Well, again, by the time that you have manufactured, inspected, shipped, all that stuff, um, it may not be popular anymore, you know? So I'm not saying don't choose a popular product, but in my personal opinion, it's better to have an evergreen product that people will probably want for a long time. I also think it's a good idea to have a product that people will need over and over. So, I mean, if you sell like a super nice watch, that's great, but most people aren't gonna buy that watch like 15 times. But if you sell something like, um, I'm going to say supplements, even though I really think that's one of the hardest fields that's to go a, into. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough like, market, but everybody you know, takes yeah, them. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying sell supplements. I'm just giving an example. Like supplements, like people need, or let's use cat litter or something like that, right? right? People need that stuff over and over and over again, right? So I think that's another good tactic to look into is however great it is, how often people will need it. Um, I would say get off of all these software tools, 
you can use them um, in tandem with other research, but get onto Google, get onto other platforms where people are asking questions and having problems because really the way to solve projects is to establish the pain point of a general audience and fix that pain point. So um, yeah, I mean, those are the main things I, if it was, if it was me, those are the things I would specifically look into. I did want to bring up something that I didn't before. Just sure. Because I think it's um, imperative to the Mavli um, format is that with Mavli, what makes us different is that you get a full service team, which means you get an account manager, you get inspection specialists, and you get um, a language specialist so that anytime you're having issues communicating with your manufacturer, anytime you're having issues coming up with product tests, anytime you have questions in general, you actually have that built-in system so that they are walking your hand, they're holding your hand throughout the entire process. Awesome. I mean, and it's just that that language barrier alone can be can right, really exactly. tough. So that's exactly. that's awesome. You guys have, have thought of everything. Um, so McLean Warren uh, with Mavli inspections, they're absolutely incredible. They're, they're crazy knowledgeable. They'll save you time. They'll save you money. They'll save you in a, you know, save you from, from a terrible headache. Um, check them out. I'm going to leave their information in the comments below. Um, reach out to them. Uh, again, uh, e-commerce Titans is brought to you by 3PLZN, uh, 3PLZN.com. Check them out. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Jesse. Bye. All right, bye.